So, Rachel. Yeah? When Kirk, Spock, and McCoy investigate the disappearance of a doomed planet's population, they find themselves trapped in different periods of that world's past. Ooh. What do you think you're going to get? The picture looks like Spock's in Narnia, so he'll be in snow times. Kirk will go to computer times and McCoy to medieval sore amputation times. Whoa. Is Spock loving that girl in the pic or melding with her? Hmm? Where have all the inhabitants gone? Are they trapped or hiding? If the best friends gang are going to be trapped apart in different times, how will they get out of that mess and how did they get there? Will the Enterprise have to keep slingshotting to collect them one at a time from different eras? This sounds like the most confusing episode yet. <laughs> Rachel watches Star Trek. Captain's log, star date 5943.7. We have calculated that Beta Niobe will go Nova in approximately three and a half hours. Its only satellite, Sarpedon, is a Class M planet which at last report was inhabited by a civilized humanoid species. Now our instruments show that no intelligent life remains on the planet. Welcome to Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lackey. And I'm Chris Lackey. And this week we are tackling a Spock-centric episode called All Our Yesterdays. Mm. The title of this episode comes from Shakespeare's Macbeth, Act 5, Scene 5, Line 22, And all our yesterdays have lighted fools, the way to dusty death, out, out, brief candle. Hmm, I missed it being another Shakespeare reference. Seems apt. But it's not all our yesterdays, it's just two of our yesterdays. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> so let's just get into the synopsis. Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, best friends gang, transport down to the planet Sarpedion to warn the people that their star is about to go supernova. Sarpedion is a Class M planet. Oh. Number four seems to be Class M. Ooh, I can't believe it. We've found an Earth-like planet. I'm aching for answers. I'm peeing my pants. Let's go and learn everything about it. It sure seems to never get old. <laughs> they don't say if these people have warp technology, but it seems like they are pre-warp from what I can tell. Because on next gen, you're not allowed to interfere with pre-warp civilizations because well, yeah. that's part of the prime directive. That's what we thought was the rule here, too. Well, it's not, is it? It seems a lot more loosey-goosey on yeah, the original series. That's putting it mildly. <laughs> they beam into a deserted library where an older man is in a long robe, is Mr. Atos. He is the only remaining inhabitant. Him again? We just had him in bread and circuses. For those of you that are listening to this episode later, we've actually recorded this one earlier because of our Trek Back Marathon. Yeah, we recorded this in March 2019. We were forced to do it early by BBC America who loved this episode and wanted it part of their Best of Spock Marathon. So you might be listening to this in April or you might be listening to this, I don't know, sometime in the fall when we actually should have gotten to it. Yes. So... Uh, when we recorded this, we'd just watched Bread and Circuses recently. I thought at first that the so-called inhabitants were actually books in this library. Oh. <laughs> so that was a cool concept. Yeah, that's kind of neat. It's a minimalist room full of what look like rows and rows of small lockers. Mr. Atos keeps popping up in different places as the gang explores. Turns out they're replicas of him. Then they meet the real version of him, which looks exactly the same, but is much grumpier than the replicas. 
Yes, the name Atos is a play on in a library. You can find anything A to Z. Atos. Yeah. Like the Wizard of Oz was named after a filing cabinet. Oh, really? O to Z. Mr. Ataz says that the inhabitants knew about the supernova and made plans. They have all used a time portal called the Atavacron to go back to the time period of their choosing. Wow, what a concept that is, Chris. Yeah, it's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. Kirk and McCoy start exploring the disks which archive the planet's past. They're palm-sized, shiny metal disks stored in pull-out drawers. A device on each aisle allows them to insert and play a disc. I love the imagination and design of this. That the disc becomes the screen on which you view the footage of that time period. Yeah, it's pretty neat. There's a lot of cool stuff in this episode. Mm. Kirk views a disc of a 17th century scene. Horse and cart footage, mostly. He loves it. I haven't seen him smile that much in ages. (laughs) (laughs) He's really yearning. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because this looks like 17th century earth not 17th century sarpedian for all we know they're the same it could again be Ooh, the same. i can't believe we found an earth like planet again class <laughs> m just means the environment not the history and not the people well it seems like it is i've said it once i'll say it again because they have budgetary concerns <laughs> plus they already had film that they'd taken in the 17th century and the ice age so they could just use that you know stock footage <laughs> <laughs> because mccoy then chooses a disc of an ice age kirk offers to evacuate Evacuate Ataz, who is rushing them so he can join his wife and family in the past. So Ataz tells them to hurry up and pick a destination. I don't think he understands that they're not from his oh, yes, planet. That's right. He thinks they are there to be helped as well. Yeah. He's rushing. He's got everybody else off this planet, bless him. And now he's waiting to get to his family. <laughs> yeah. These nosy meddlers show up as usual <laughs> just for their own interest. Yeah. And start messing around with it. It's very silly. The whole conceit that they just don't go, hey, we're from outer space. Yeah. What's going on here? Just show us how it works. Then you can go and save your own life. But Kirk hears a woman scream and he runs towards it. And then blam, (laughs) he disappears through some type of portal and steps into an era that his disc was viewing. Uh Uh-oh. And there's this woman being jostled by a group of men. Oh, Kirk. He can't help himself. He's such a hero. It's musketeer times when he gets there. Extremely silly costumes. Did you ever watch Dog Tanyon and the Three Musker Hounds? No. One for all and all for one. Musker hounds are always ready. One for all and all for one. Helping everybody. Who out there used to love that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. I only know what you're talking about from your... (laughs) Explanations. explanations yes. about it. Maybe we should play a little clip of the real one right yes, here. Yes, please. Okay, enough, enough. Spock and McCoy da, rush. Da, 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 no matter what you say. Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> Spock and McCoy rush in after him, but they appear on a frozen cliff edge. They go to the Ice Age just because they'd selected to look at that disc. Mm. Was it wise for both of you to leap into the portal after Kirk? What are you going to do if you all get stuck there? Yeah. Come on, Spock. At least you would take some time to think it through. I would hope so, yes. I know they love him. <laughs> so... <laughs> Kirk ends up rescuing this woman from being stabbed by challenging her attacker to a sword fight. He can sword fight? Sure. I'm I'm sure that Sulu and him did some fencing <laughs> together on their downtime. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I'd love to see that. I wish Sulu had some more zany times. He never gets to have any fun. No, I think they're still crossing him from going off and doing the Green Beret movie. No wonder he did the movie and didn't have anything to do before that. <laughs> so Kirk chases the man, uh, but it turns out that the woman was a thief attempting to rob the man. So now Kirk can't find the entrance back to the library. Meanwhile, Spock and McCoy are being blasted by freezing winds. No problem, though. They can heat the rock with the phasers. Yes, problem. The phasers don't work. I do respect that for once they're explaining why they can't use a piece of tech that we know they have in the situation. Yeah, it is assumed that the time machine did this as not to corrupt the timeline. Ah, well, none of their tech will work then. Fair enough. Yeah, so Kirk heads to the wall, which he had emerged from, and he can hear McCoy and Spock, but he cannot get to them. Kirk gets arrested by the local authorities and McCoy and Spock ask him what's going on and the authorities hear the voices. The woman that he saved denounces Kirk as a witch. <laughs> oh, goodness. I think blaming him for making her steal. Couldn't make head or tail of it. <laughs> Couldn't understand the word of that love. What accent is that love? I think she's supposed to be drunk, but she's trying to do Yorkshire? Uh, Scottish? Maybe. Irish? I don't know. Or some unnecessary alien dialect. Get the universal translator on. Yeah. So Kirk is arrested and dragged away. Meanwhile, Spock and McCoy try and find shelter. Really nice cold acting from both of them. <laughs> it was excellent. McCoy falls down frostbitten and weak. And their hair and eyebrows are getting frosty. Then we get this. In this severe cold, we cannot survive much longer. Leave me here, Spock. We go together or not at all. Don't be a fool. My hands and face are frostbitten. I can't feel my feet. Alone, you have a chance. Now do what I say. Go try to find Jim. We go together. You stubborn, thick-headed falcon. Aw, they've come a long way, these guys. They love each other. A hooded figure... Well, I won't go that far. There's a lot of loyalty there. <laughs> a hooded figure emerges from the snow and leads them to a warm cave. She's got an amazing full-length pale pink fur coat. What? Why are you looking I surprised? I thought it was brown. Well, pink in my eyes. I think it was like full on brown. Look pink to me. Let us know your views. We'll have a poll. <laughs> I'm going to go pull up some pictures when we're not recording and we'll we'll see what's going on. Shame it looks like a teenager with low self-esteem stomping around inside it. What <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Spock lays McCoy on a bed and then covers him in fur. Spock has a go at diagnosing him with the salt shaker and decides not to give any medicine. But why does the salt shaker work when the phasers didn't? You're not the first Star Trek nerd to point this out. What? I'm not a Star Trek nerd at all, am I? Am I? <laughs> I think you are. Oh, no. We found out recently that they really were salt shakers. Yeah, they actually got some futuristic salt shakers from Europe and yeah. they used those to make almost all of the medical devices. Ah, they thought no one had noticed. Yeah. McCoy will never heat up if he's got no body heat. That's true. Ask her if she'd mind lying on top of him for a bit just to save his life. Why doesn't Spock lie down on top of him? Why is nobody lying on top of anybody? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry though, Chris, because there's plenty of Spokoi fanfic about this one to imagine what would happen if they did. Of course there is. <laughs> so this hooded figure turns out to be a beautiful woman named Zarabeth. They can't stop saying her name every two seconds, can they? <laughs> they just like it. Zarabeth. 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 I don't know what that voice was. Uh, while McCoy sleeps, she tells Spock that she has been exiled because one of her kinsmen tried to kill the tyrannical leader of the time. And Spock is like one of her sci-fi books come to life. She's excited, then confused, then panicked. It throws her sense of reality because she's been alone for so long. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile in prison, Kirk is being questioned by the prosecutor. 
He's this tall, long-haired man with flabby lips, wearing a floor-length black buttoned coat. When Kirk mentions the library, the prosecutor becomes very uncomfortable. (laughs) And helpfully, they zoom in to make it super obvious. (laughs) Do you think it's easier to make up a lie or to pretend to know nothing about something that you're being asked about? I think it's easier to just not say anything. But you hear something that you need to not let people know that you know about. Don't immediately start looking left to right (laughs) and pursing your lips together. Uh, Yeah. Remember that boy who used to live near us who told the kids about how he kicked a football so hard it went into the sky and around the moon? (laughs) (laughs) And that the one meter square patch of concrete outside his house is where his uncle lands his helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) But apart from the content being obviously nonsense, you wouldn't have been able to tell he was lying. No, he was really committed. Yeah. The prosecutor concedes that Kirk might be innocent, but then the guard says that he heard the voices talking to Kirk too, and the prosecutor is forced to back off. So weird, so weird that they can hear McCoy and Spock from the other side of that wall in a totally different time period. Yeah, I guess that the wall is some kind of illusion because they can just walk through it like a doorway. Mm. So if they can go through, then sound waves can go through. But then it would be yeah. weird because the sound waves would have to go into the library and then out of the library into the other time. Right, yeah. I'm very confused by the whole thing. Yeah, and now everyone thinks Kirk's a witch and Lips McGee, whose real <laughs> name is Kermit Murdoch, wow. yeah, won't admit that he knows about the library, but he knows all right. It's a great mystery. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the Ice Age, Zara Beth drops her pink coat and has the most amazingly ridiculous leather bikini miniskirt on. Wow. Apparently the network wouldn't allow her belly button to be shown, which irked Jean so much that he insisted she have two belly buttons when she returned to play another character with him. Do you think Jean holds a grudge? (laughs) (laughs) This outfit is teamed with over-the-knee fur boots. Yeah. (laughs) You got to keep warm somehow, I guess. Yeah. Spock tells Zarabeth that they must find Kirk and get back to their own time and invites her to join them on the ship. Zarabeth says that the Atavacron alters a person's cell structure so no one can return to the future. They will die. Or is she just saying that? Mm. She seems so nice and truthful, but then so did that moon-kicking kid. (laughs) (laughs) Spock then realizes he can't solve the problem of finding Kirk with logic, which mildly freaks him out. Kirk escapes from his cell by grabbing the guard who is trying to pour water into his cup, stealing the cell keys and then knocking him out. Oh, that was a rookie mistake. Glad to see the security isn't any better than Starfleet's. <laughs> Kirk does an arm bend and a neck chop. And then the drunken accent lady is still going on about him being a witch from the other cell. How annoying. Oh, man. Little witch and I'm just gonna suffer. love, love witch and me lucky stars. <laughs> Kirk hides the guard's body just as the prosecutor arrives to take Kirk to the Inquisition. Kirk overpowers and questions him. The prosecutor has been sent from the future. Oh, I wonder why. Either they've been slowly sending people back for their own good for a while because of the Nova thing, or people have been sent for other reasons in other times. Well, here's the thing. It's time travel. He could have been there for months, maybe years. Who knows? I know, but I'm saying when was he sent back and why is this part of the whole benevolent let's get everyone in the past so they don't die thing right or has he been sent back as a punishment the by po- this tyrannical leader right yeah mm. i don't know and we never find out it's, yeah it's not really important to the story <laughs> okay. kirk threatens to denounce him as a witch himself if he does not help get him back to the library the prosecutor tells kirk that the atavacron alters cell structure and brain patterns to prepare people for their journey into the past and that returning would kill what does that mean 
That is a very good question. I know in Star Trek they have chronotons, so things from different time periods have different chronoton signatures, so you can sense if something is out of place temporally. As the universe expands and ages, as time moves forward, your time signature changes. If somebody time travels, they'd have a different time signature. What's a time signature? Like radiation. It's like a form oh, of radiation. Okay. You know, I don't know what it is. Some silly stuff they made up. But okay. It's, it's something that exists in Star Trek that they can sense where you're from. So maybe the Atavacron alters your chronotons and makes <laughs> it so that you fit back into that time period. Why that would kill you? Because mm. people time travel all the time. I don't know. I can understand if it would make you immune to the things that you'd need to be immune to. They'd certainly need some vaccines or sure. death by cholera is going to be day one. Yeah. But otherwise, not quite sure. Yeah. Again, I think this is all story. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> Sorry, we... I was enjoying it. Yeah. I didn't mind. It's a uh, bit arbitrary for story. Yeah. It's yeah. for the story. And if anybody knows any in-story reasons why this happens, please share it with us on our comments. Yeah. And if anyone's had this procedure and have come back from the future, I'm going to tell them all the little bits of love. <laughs> Learn by her example. Yeah. Not to be that way. Don't be narking on time travelers. <laughs> so Kirk hasn't been prepared. So the prosecutor says that he must actually get back to his own time period or he'll die within a few hours. At least this means he can go back. Meanwhile, McCoy is up and immediately starts competing with Spock for Zarabeth's affection, saying, notice how I complimented you on your cooking. You'll <laughs> never get a compliment out of him. Is that why audiences went goo over Spock? Because he seems hard to get. Maybe... <laughs> That might be the whole reason. Spock's personality is starting to change and he seems to be falling in love with Zarabeth and he believes her when she says that he cannot go back. He's resigned to it. McCoy remarks he's never seen Spock give in and stop trying. You listen to me, you pointed-eared Vulcan. I don't like that. I don't think I ever did and now I'm sure. What's happening to you, Spock? Nothing that shouldn't have happened long ago. Spock's holding McCoy up in the air by the scruff of his neck. Good for you. That was a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does that mean the insults have affected him on some level all this time? I then? guess so, yeah. It was excellently done because I was both cheering for Spock and feeling concerned for both of them. Yeah, it was a really good scene. Back at the Ren Fair, the prosecutor then guides Kirk back to the brick wall from which he emerged. I sensed the special effect coming up and I was right. It's kind of a fade through wall that he mm. puts his arm through. Kirk then steps back into the library and returns to his own time. Can a Ren Fair just be general English history? Does it have to actually be the Renaissance? Uh, it sure seems like it's <laughs> supposed to be some kind of vague past time. I don't okay. know if it's actually so, during the Renaissance or so not. So you could have 17th century. We don't know. I don't know. Let I us just... know. No, don't. Hopefully the grumpy librarian is going to seal the portal before the planet explodes or anyone leaning on that wall will end up in space. Yes. Atos keeps insisting that Kirk needs to be prepared to go back in time and Kirk is forced to lock him in a closet. Another Atos replica appears and Kirk knocks him out. Lots of manhandling of the elderly in this episode. <laughs> it roughs him up. <laughs> so the real Atos stuns Kirk with a cylindrical weapon. Back in the cave, Zarabeth and Spock bond over knowing what it's like to be alone. Does he mean being the only Vulcan on the ship? Or his childhood, maybe? Mm -hmm. He smiles a little at their connection. It's so special, isn't it, when he does? <laughs> she shares that she's been punished not by being killed, but by being exiled to loneliness. Mm -hmm. It's an extreme version of being sent to Siberia, I guess. We don't know whether she was from the present day or not, do we, I guess? No, no, it could be from a period of time before when there was this tyrannical leader. McCoy thinks that Zarebeth is lying in order to keep Spock with her. Spock tells Zarebeth that she is beautiful and picks her up. While kissing her, he begins to beam 
with happiness. Aww. Meanwhile, Kirk recovers enough from the stun blast to avoid being wheeled into the Atavacron. Or is it the portal? I'm unclear on which is the computer-looking thing. Oh, right. And which is the portal? I think the Atavacron is the computer, but it's also part of the portal. I think it's all connected. Yeah, Atos was trying to push Kirk into it on a trolley, but he rolls off. That was great. <laughs> yes, he's able to overpower a very old man mm-hmm. and forces him to help him find Spock and McCoy by searching for the right discs. Kirk had heard the wind howling over their voices, so he's narrowed it down to the Ice Age. Has Atos tidied the disc away? I guess so, but you would think he would remember where he tidied them. Yeah. I don't know. What kind of librarian are you? So McCoy realizes that only Zarebeth can't return and confronts Spock with this fact. Spock is just enjoying his love with her and trying to ignore the cock blocking. (laughs) McCoy then confronts Zarebeth and tries to force her to admit the truth to Spock. By grabbing her roughly. Spock grabs McCoy and flings him against the wall with his hand around his neck. Think, man. What's happening on your planet right now is this very moment. My ancestors are barbarians. Warlike barbarians. Who nearly killed themselves off with their own passions. Spock, you're reverting to your ancestors 5,000 years before you were born. I've lost myself. I do not know who I am. Oh, this was so touching. Mm. I was really invested. Spock had earlier had plans for a greenhouse, but he'd said he was going to eat the meat until he could get that going. I'm behaving disgracefully. I have eaten animal flesh and I've enjoyed it. I suppose we'd eat meat too if that's all there was. Oh, hell yeah. McCoy asks if it's possible to go back and Zerbeth isn't sure. McCoy says that he's going to try and find the way back because that is where his home and his life are. Spock and Zerbeth agree to go with him. They just happen to get there when Spock has found the right disc and is calling for them through the portal. Spock hesitates. He thinks there must be a way to bring Zerbeth through, but she'll die immediately if she does. Oh, there must be a way. So Spock... I guess makes the decision to stay with her because he tries to shove McCoy through the portal. Yeah. But it doesn't work. The old guy says that since they went in together, they have to leave together or they can't come back at all. That's pretty heavy because Spock was going to stay. Wow, yeah. He he was giving up his friends, his career, his whole life back there to be with this woman that he loves. But more importantly, because he just met her, to be with feelings. Oh, yeah. To feel things. He wanted to. Yeah. Even though that had included anger. Wow. Ooh. That's some heavy stuff. Just go and have some therapy. (laughs) Zerabeth understands and she leaves them behind. Spock and McCoy jump through. Zerabeth takes one last look back with a tear on her cheek. Oh, I felt so bad for both of them. You know, nobody ever ugly cries on TV. She just went, (laughs) (laughs) wiping snot across her cheek. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Chris, actors don't cry ugly. No? No. They practice in front of a mirror. Oh. Like I do. (laughs) But I never cry in front of anyone, so it's wasted. Oh, boy. It's good to have, though, isn't it? What? Pretty crying. Just have it in the back pocket in case I need it. But I don't do feelings in front of other people, so one day I will. Will you? Nah. I do if someone tells me off for something. Oh. Then I go back to being five years old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a lot more in touch with my emotions, let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah. You're pretty when you cry. Oh, yeah. thanks. Now they're back. Atos puts his disc in and he pushes Kirk aside and then he jumps through. Good for him as he gets through at the last minute, shoving them out of the way. He had his escape planned. I'm glad he made it. 
Kirk to Enterprise. There's no further need to observe me, Doctor. As you can see, I return to the present in every sense. But it did happen, Spock. Yes, it happened. But that was 5,000 years ago. And she is dead now. Dead and buried. Long ago. Scotty, are you there? It's now or never, Captain. Beam us aboard. And go to maximum warp as soon as we're there. Kirk out. Oh, Spock. Man. Man sure has it crappy. Beautiful ending, emotionally and visually. The explosion. I was so grateful there was no funny button yeah. on the end of this. No, I didn't need it. Spock's so doomed in love. This side of paradise, his horrible jerk fiance, and now this. And the Romulan commander yeah. as well. I think this is why Spock is the best character. He's inherently conflicted. He's got his human and Vulcan side. He's got his emotion versus his logic. He always has something going on. And the other characters in the show don't really have that inner conflict. Mm. Like McCoy is sort of technology versus being a Luddite, I guess. Mm. But that's not really an interesting conflict. Kirk's responsibility versus his own personal needs. Maybe mm -hmm. that would be his conflict. Responsibility or his duty work-wise versus his loyalty for his friends but those kind of conflicts come up with almost any character mm -hmm. so that is kind of why spock is special because he has his own personal thing that can affect those decisions and it makes him really interesting and uh, relatable because he's got it locked down all of the time it's so special when it peaks out oh yeah and so sad yeah there's no really happy ending for it unless he just embraces his emotions mm. but then if he did he wouldn't be spock yeah but he'd be happy yeah. or not so concepts some questions. They could hear each other via the portals from which they entered. Does that mean they could hear people from all the eras transported to? I don't know. Well, they could only hear them if the disc was in. Hmm. But then did they have both of their discs in? The librarian tidied away the Ice Age disc at one point. Yeah, but initially they were looking at one disc over in the kind of by the stacks. Mm -hmm. And then Kirk was looking at another one in that little small room. Yeah. So... Somehow the system knew who picked which disc and those yep. two were both in there, mm -hmm. I guess. So it was kind of open to those yeah, two. I think. Because if not, those musketeer creeps would have heard loads of witches talking from across the ages. That would have been yeah. going on for a while. Well, th the thing is, it's a time portal. So a time portal would mean that it is open on both ends. So as time progresses in the past, it's also progressing in the future. Mm -hmm. So like if I go back to, say, noon 200 years ago, and it's noon here, if that portal's open for five minutes, it's 12.05. Mm -hmm. And then, so anything that would happen would happen in tandem. Yeah. So if they're going back to that same point, you couldn't go back to that same point again. They'd have to go back to a different point, maybe earlier or later, because you couldn't have a time portal open up to that exact same spot again. Why not? I went through it at 12 noon and somebody else tries to go to 12 noon, then we would like be merged together because you would have two people trying to go through the portal at the same time. Would you? Well, yeah. McCoy and Spock didn't get merged. No, well, they, went, they went through at the same, but they went through at the same time. Mm. So like, as in like, they were in the, the present time at the same time and then they went into the past at the same time. Who knows what would happen? Or, or Exactly. You're just making up rules now. Well, it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's all made up gobbledygook. It's all ridiculous. Oh, I've broken your spirit. No, it's just, it's true. If you really think about these things, they don't really make any sense. Uh, you only got your best guess. And that's all I can do. The discs were archives, but most of the periods were pre-invention of film. Right. That's how they do that. 
oh, the, the time portal actually looks outside. Like the time portal opens oh. up and you can see like film your camera through. That's actually looking through yeah. to that time and showing you what's happening there right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not just a recording of it that you can then no. go back to. No, no, oh. no. Spock reverted to an earlier version of a Vulcan just because he time traveled there. Did that make sense? Mm. Not really. Mm, McCoy didn't revert to an Ice Age human. Now, if he went through the uh, Atavacron's process of altering you to fit into that time period, then, then yes. maybe. But he wasn't. No. So I don't quite understand that. Yeah, why would he? That seems to be a bit of a plot hole within the story. They seem to be making up a lot of rules just so they could have the story they wanted. Yeah. I didn't mind. I loved it anyway. Oh, sure. I'm not sure about the machine having to prepare their cells and brainwaves so that if they are prepared, they'll die if they return. But if they aren't prepared, they'll die after a few hours. Seemed a bit clunky, mm -hmm. but I didn't mind because <laughs> I was enjoying the story. Right. Time immigrants having to pretend to be natives, being exiled to the past as a punishment, loneliness as a punishment. Mm. Some really good concepts in here. Another holiday romance gone wrong, though. Saving a friend from a relationship which is changing them and causing them to abandon the rest of their life and relationships. So McCoy had to do a bit of an intervention there. You know, I love this concept of a doomed race that retreats into their own past to survive. It's like the Ouroboros, the symbol of the snake eating its own tail. Hmm? Well, because the whole civilization folds in on itself. Obviously, they don't just die. They mm -hmm. go back into their own past and become their present. And they have ancestors who, yeah. yeah, then have to go back again. They are their ancestors. Like, it's kind of a loop. If you go back in time, mm. and then they're part of the timeline, yeah. unless they alter it. Right. It's kind of neat in a way. Yeah. But also, I don't know how I feel about a civilization that just kind of goes away. All those people, obviously, if they all died, their civilization would go away as well. Yeah. But the individuals actually live on in the past mm. and somehow become part of that never-ending circle. It would change it vastly to have them all back in the past. Yeah, it's very strange. Mm, well, how would they still exist in the... Well, that's the whole time travel mm. thing where it's like... Suddenly new people would exist. Or they've always... It's a time loop. Like, that was always the way it, it was. Like, you can't mm. go back and alter time because time has already happened. So if I go back in time, if you look back in time, I was already back in time before I ever found a time machine or did any of those things. Mm -hmm. Because... It happened. Mm -hmm. Like you can't alter, you can't go back in time and change the past because it has happened. Wow. That's one theory of time travel. And then there's another theory of time travel that if you go back in time, you create a different divergent paths. Mm. But it's all made up. Silliness. I was curious why these, why this people focused on time travel and not space exploration. Mm -hmm. Because I would think space exploration would be way easier to accomplish than traveling through time. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's not. Mm, maybe they're just really patriotic. <laughs> What? Or isolationist. Could be. Yeah, Never got a passport. Never left the state. Never needed to. <laughs> I've talked to those people. <laughs> I think we all have talked to those people. Uh, it was very cool conceptually in many ways, so I give it an eight. Me too. Really good. Entertainment. No Sulu, Chekhov, Uhura or Scotty except his voiceover. Sorry, guys, I didn't miss you. Oh, yeah. This was the only episode of the original series with no scenes on the ship at all. Yeah. I loved both Spock and McCoy in this episode. Mm -hmm. I felt really invested in Spock changing, feeling highs and lows of emotion, and McCoy's efforts to get through to him, the loyalty and affection, being truly known by somebody as well, in spite of all the snarking and racism McCoy has thrown at him all these years. Yeah. 
The Atavacron device is the reused prop of Gary Seven's Beta 5 computer oh, from Assignment yeah, Earth. Yeah. I didn't even realise, so they got away with it. Yeah. The whole set worked well, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was neat. Less keen on the ridiculous musketeer outfits and the drunken British Ooh, accent. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you've got to love a scene where a librarian tries to push Kirk on a trolley into a portal. Eight. Yeah, I do love that. It's... Super interesting. I hated that crazy accent lady (laughs) blaming Kirk for her thieving and calling him a witch. Yeah. But it moves at a very good clip. It's just a very good episode. I also give it an eight. Mm, Sammy Sammy's sexiness. So exciting and beautiful and sexy to see Spock smile, kiss, spin around with her in his arms. Mm. Even him getting angry was sexy since it was aimed at McCoy. (laughs) (laughs) Balanced with his loyalty to him. Sure. Great to see Spock go beyond finger kissing as well. Sure. So sad he had to lose it all again. Zara Beth was enchanting too. I think the Spock romance stuff is sexy because it's a bit naughty. Mm. He's not supposed to give in to these carnal desires, but he just can't help himself. Yeah. But from our view, of course, these things are totally acceptable but for spock it isn't so you get that conflict even in his sexuality yeah so it's it's great i give it a i give it a 4.5 out of five me too total score agreement this episode yeah there are 19 fanfic pieces on this one the first one has sidewick pissed about spock's holiday romance lots of them are spockoy oh boy yeah i'm glad we're not going to cover any of those (laughs) mariette hartley zara beth said When I did this episode, I just loved the script, loved the idea that this strange man, Spock, was finally going to be stupped and I was going to be the one to do it and that I was going to be the one to teach him how not to be a vegetarian. (laughs) Then when they showed me the costume, I thought I was going to die, but I sensed that it was a very special thing when I was doing it. I don't know why. Hmm. And that's from StarTrek.com. Thank you, patrons, and thank you, BBC America, who, if you're listening to this in sequence back in April 2019, featured us on their Best of Spock Marathon. That's right. So if you have come to us via BBC America to check out our podcast, welcome. Hope you're enjoying it. You can go back to the very beginning, if you like, the first pilot of Star Trek original series and follow along with us episode by episode. And with that, I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And you've been listening to... Rachel Watches Star Trek. Star Trek!